Sunday, February the 28th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Here we go then, week five of what I'm still thinking of as our new series, The Reset. We're looking at the verses in Ezekiel chapter 47 as we go up to Easter. Because they paint a picture that God gave the people to inspire them, to give them hope about what life would be like after lockdown. It was a vision of the temple and how they, the people of God, would be together. It was a picture of the future that was designed to inspire hope for them in their particular moment of being powered down. It was to give them a glimpse of what life would be like when God powered them up again to be at the forefront of his life and mission in uh, the world. So there's such important verses that paint this picture in Ezekiel chapter 47. And you will know if you were tuned in last week, you will know that at the heart of this picture is a river that runs from the temple and that the river was a symbol of the life of God. And so that captures our attention, our interest, because we know that above all else, what we want is the life of God. What we want to be immersed in is God's abundant life. We know that in that life, streams of living water will flow within us, as Jesus said. In fact, he said, whoever drinks the water that I give will never go thirsty again. So we are passionate about this life of God. So notice with me this week something really significant about the life of God and that's that the river, the life of God flows out from the temple. It doesn't flow into the temple which we might expect, it flows out from the temple. It's not a drag in but a flow out and uh, that's so typical isn't it of what we know about God. He's the God with a movement is always out. We've talked before, haven't we, at, uh, at Burlington, not about that it's not about getting people seated, but getting people sent. The movement is always out. God left the safety and security of heaven to come to this far-flung, disease-ridden, death-decaying planet to rescue it. The movement of God was out in Jesus. And he tells this story that we heard some moments ago about the way the shepherd, Jesus, the life of God, will go right to the edge in order to rescue someone and bring them back. The life of God is always moving outwards. And this is a real challenge to us, isn't it? Especially 
at this time when we are longing to be back in. Uh, and believe me, I share that longing to be back in, to be worshipping, to be celebrating, to be hugging, to be together, to be praying, supporting, all the things that make up our life together when we can be physically close. And indeed, maybe this week we've taken one big step as a nation towards seeing that becoming uh, a reality really soon. Nevertheless, there's this picture that the life of God is not about flowing in, but flowing out. And in fact, the picture is is in a way more remarkable still. As the river flowed out, the further out, the deeper it got. In other words, the further out on mission, the further away from the temple the river got, the deeper was the flow, the richer was the life, the more abundant was uh, the blessing. And I think that that is our experience, certainly if we think about testimonies that really touch us and move us. But it's the people that have gone the farthest out that have seen and known the greatest sense of God's life, of God's presence. I'd really commend uh, to you the uh, podcast that Nikki Gumbel's doing at the moment, uh, Leadership Something. Just Google Leadership Nikki Gumbel uh, podcast. And uh, I think it was just last, last week that he published a conversation that Nikki and his wife Pippa had with Jackie Pullinger, who's now an elderly lady of Chasing the Dragon fame, the book that she wrote about being sent by God to China, uh, to the wall city of Hong Kong in particular, which was outside any kind of uh, uh, law control to minister in the power of Jesus to uh, the people there and she saw God move an incre- incredible power people with life controlling addictions instantly freed in the name of Jesus if you want a real tonic this week listen to that interview or bless your socks off and help you recapture again the mission of God but she is a case in point that the further out you go all the way to the depravity of that particular place on earth she saw God move in incredible power it's counterintuitive to us isn't it we think that the power of God is felt in the temple in the church in the gatherings and absolutely that's so nevertheless the river flows out and gets deeper as it goes. And I guess it stands to reason, doesn't it? Because if you think about the ministry, the life of Jesus, who embodied, who encapsulated the life of God, where was that life found? It was found out on the margins, with the outcasts, with those who knew that they were lost, with those who knew they were at the edge. One of the things that I committed to doing doing the uh, Daniel Fast back in January was to watch the first season, uh, and only the first season has been uh, released, of The Chosen. 
It's a visual dramatization of the life of Jesus. And for so many reasons that I won't detain me now, it's quite remarkable. I really encourage you to uh, look that up. You can get an app and watch it for uh, free and give a donation on any uh, mobile device. So uh, a fabulous kind of uh, insight into the life of Jesus. And it struck me again. That through eight, I think it's eight episodes of season one, people's lives are transformed, disciples are called, a stir takes place for God's kingdom, people are healed, but there is no scene inside what we might consider the church, inside uh, the synagogue. In fact, the only scenes inside the synagogue are religious leaders arguing in a horrible uh, kind of way. Because the life of God is out the life of God is on the edges, on the margins. And the life of God is moving from the temple, from the altar that we talked about last week. But it's always going out. The sanctuary may well be safe, but the life of God there, if you look at Ezekiel chapter 47, is only a trickle. But when you get further out to the mission, it becomes a flood. It debunks, doesn't it, some of the, the myths that we have. We talk about um, coming together in the temple because we want to be blessed. And please don't misunderstand me. It is a blessing and we long for it. We talk about coming to be fed, don't we? And don't misunderstand me. There are great moments when together around God's word, we, we are fed and nourished. And yet the scriptures Paint a picture that the true blessing, the true life of God is found not at the centre, but discovered on the missional edge. That's certainly true of the life of Jesus. In fact, Jesus said, didn't he, um, my, my food, the way I get fed is to do the will of him who sent me. I get fed by taking this gospel truth that I've learned and known and put it into practice in my uh, life. So if that's the push of God's kingdom, pushing us, sending us, calling us out, then what's the centre all about? If those moments and great moments and and we're longing for them and we're hoping, as you know, that we might be able to have an in-person gathering, uh, a word and prayer on Easter Sunday as we begin to ease our way out of lockdown. As we love those moments, what what are they like? What are they for? Well, a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as a ministry team and the interns joined us, we were part of a community of practice with the network of churches that we are part of called Kairos uh, Connection. And in our conversations, there came this uh, brilliant picture of what our gatherings are like. Someone described them as a missionary conference. And that really got me thinking. It really got me thinking because I was mindful of a missionary conference that uh, uh, I had the privilege of attending, Karen and I had the privilege of attending with uh, For Samaritan's Purse, when missionaries from all over the globe gathered for a weekend conference. And it was fantastic. The worship was amazing. The Bible teaching was brilliant. 
I was doing some of that. Uh, the stories being told, the prayer, the encouragement, the energy, the life was just electric for those 48 hours. It was absolutely brilliant. But during the whole time, there was never a question that that gathering was the real deal. There was never the question that that gathering was the place when God's blessing and his life would truly be found and truly made known. It was back in the mission where they knew they would see God at work, where they had seen God faithful, where lives were being changed and villages and neighbourhoods were being transformed. That was where the life of God was really flowing. And this coming together, this missionary conference was to encourage, to support, to share stories to enable us to worship and give thanks that we might go back out and be more empowered and live with greater effectiveness for the mission that God has called us to. And I thought that was a great picture of moments of coming together at the temple, in the church, gathering like that, that we might be fired up in order to go and live because the real deal The place we will most encounter God is not when we're together, but when we're out on the mission that God has uh, for us. A wonderful uh, picture of the life of God flowing out of the temple. To think of our gatherings all together like a missionary conference. So as we think about Ezekiel 47... Uh, this week and the river flowing out. There is much to challenge us, isn't there? And we're remembering that this is a picture that God is giving the people to give them hope of the future that he's calling them to. And that's it, isn't it? God was calling those people at the heart of the Old Testament into a new future. He wasn't calling them to go back to the way things were, to go back to what it was, but calling them into a new future. And in this new future that he was calling them to, he said, look, the river of life, the river of my life will flow from the centre, but it will flow out. And I hope that's a great encouragement, because over these last 12 months, when we've been forced out when we've been kept out we've seen God work in amazing ways we've seen new relationships depths of relationships we've seen the presence of God the power of God at work in countless and and in different ways over these last 12 months so maybe we are beginning to discover that the power of God is ultimately seen that the life of God ultimately flows out on the edge rather than just when we're together at uh, the centre. So maybe God's been getting us ready over these 12 months. Maybe that's the reset or part of the reset that God has been doing to give us fresh confidence that in our homes, in our neighbourhoods, where God has placed us, the power of God can be made known. The further out, the deeper the flow. There's much for us to pray about, reflect on and uh, 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 work towards as we allow this vision to settle on our hearts and in our minds. God bless you this week. Let us pray.
Our Father, this morning we will sing of your love, for you are our fortress, our refuge in times of trouble. Today we come to you, thankful, but perhaps a little nervous. What does the future hold? We will trust you. We acknowledge that you are the King of Kings, the Holy One, sovereign over each one of us, sovereign over our nation, over the world. All things are in your hands. Lord, you know how hard it has been this year, the sorrows, at times despair, the things that we didn't understand, the losses we have suffered. We will trust you, Lord. In it all, you have been comforting, leading, teaching us. You said that you would restore the years that the locusts have taken. We will trust you. And now let us pause for a few moments to whisper the names of those dear to us who are unwell, troubled or alone. Father in heaven, we thank you for your presence in every aspect of our lives. And when we can't see you, we will trust you. We praise you for creation, the warmth of the sun, the signs of spring to lift our hearts. We thank you for all the blessings of this life, but above all, for your love. And with truly thankful hearts we worship you. Not only with our lips, but in our lives. We live to serve you. Keep us safe from harm through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honour and glory for ever. Amen. <laughs> 